0: Blake, Blake, so Blake, so Blake, like Blake Wesler, Blake, pues Blake, Blake, Boo. Blake Wesler, Wait, Lake Wexler, Blake, Wait, Wait Wesler, Blake Wexler, Blake. Bla- Blake, 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 Öyle Blake Wexler. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Lake Wexler. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Lake Wexler. Blake Wexler,
1: Blake, Blake, who um so we just record by the way i'm gonna take you behind the goddamn curtain because that's that's where i'm at my best some comedians in front of the curtain is where they're good me you put me behind a goddamn curtain and that's when i fucking shine i shine when the lights are off and uh we just recorded this but real quick this is blake's takes for god's sakes if you're listening to this for the first time this is what it is and um uh it's a wednesday podcast each week i give my blake's take on four separate subjects politics sports relationships and leisure but I'm um, you You know what? Sometimes the burden's just too hard to carry by yourself. And when you saw one set of footprints on this podcast, that's because my guest was carrying me. (laughs) And he is already a better intro. Uh, He is... Honestly, I'll say it—the Jesus Christ superstar of the LA comedy scene. At least he was in Boston. That's what they say. And uh, my guest is Gary Peterson. Hello, Gary.
0: Hello. That is the probably the best credit my grandmother will ever hope for. She,
1: she's a she's a Lloyd Webber head.
0: She's well, she's a big Christ head. Is that she's... what they call Christians?
1: <laughs> She's an Andrew Jew. That's Andrew <laughs> Lloyd Webber fans. They're called Andrew Jews. I don't know. <laughs> so um, uh, there was a lot of nonsense about Dennis Rodman on the previous thing. But, you know, you've heard me talk about the worm enough um, on this podcast. So Gary, uh, Gary is here because uh, I've known. Do you remember how we met, by the way? Because I don't. I would imagine it's at the comedy studio. Oh, actually, no, I would imagine it was at a worse room. In Boston, in the comedy studio, for sure.
0: I think so. Um, I want to say maybe...
1: The Middle East, maybe?
0: Yeah. That was that Middle East open mic. Uh, not the region of the Middle East, no, but just no. as aggressive.
1: Was it Morocco? <laughs> Do <Did> we meet <laughs> We were doing a tour.
0: Yeah. We were both... We were both snipers. And, yeah, uh,
1: we both summer on the Suez uh, Canal, and that's where we <laughs> that's where we met. Um, no, there was a a yeah. I guess you would call it a night. You called it a nightclub, right? It was like a concert venue, right? Or maybe you didn't call it a nightclub. Maybe I just did, but. Um, Con-
0: part of it was yeah the back that had like race stages and awesome bands and people that were cool like tim and eric would roll through neil hamburger and then oh wow you know but we were in the restaurant in front of a bay window (laughs) (laughs) right near a lot of homeless uh fights and drunken shenanigans
1: Right, right. Well, luckily, the show was very controlled in that only 94 comedians were on each one. So that was like, that was a plus for sure. But in all honesty, like, I was, I, would die to get on that show you know like i really like that was coveted stage time there and rob crane ran it when i was there and you know he was so nice i would be like hey i have class in the morning you know which like why would anyone fucking care it's like oh i'm so sorry you have to go to college at eight (laughs) you know like it's but he was uh super sweet it could have been way way worse but it wasn't good um, you know, and, but it was the best uh, version of it, it could have been and that was right. me being nice at the end um, but it, speak, yeah go ahead
0: and it's like you show up, you're new you don't really have the skills you're not very funny No, you think you are Like, you show are up, you talking to me you know, right
1: I- now or are you speaking to uh, are you, like you as in comedians or you as in I think West? comedians, oh, okay. I don't know
0: anybody I defy anybody to be perfect when they start something but you have to start in a room like that where nobody gives a shit, yes. where it can be really bad. And if you can get them, and I remember you, like you were able to get them at times. I was able to get them at times. Yeah, when you. We were yeah, still you kind were... of floundering. Did you, you, did you, were you part of that? Like the the showcases at the studio associated with like colleges and stuff. Cause I think that's where I first saw your act.
1: Pro- you know what? I did the studio as a student. I don't think I You know what? I did. No, I wasn't. I never was because that was a class. So Emerson had like a comedy class there and now they have a comedy major, which is wild. But um, they would do their graduation at the studio. But I don't think I was allowed to take that class, ironically, because I didn't have the right major to do it. So I just did stand up there. And happened to be in college. So I could get regular sets at the studio as a college student, but they wouldn't let me do the college shows <laughs> because like of some weird <laughs> thing, um, which is probably better for me anyway. You know, like I got to be in front of real audiences. But yeah, that's where I really saw how funny you were, you know, because like that was. The, that was the right venue to be able to show off how like what type of comic you are you know at the studio mm-hmm. and you were uh, a, and continue to be a great comic and you have of course, and I mean it and then before we get into the first uh, subject, will you please? Uh, Tell me about your album, because it is a real... We mentioned Rob Crane. I know he's on this label as well. But first, uh, because you're so sweet, you didn't even name the title of your album until after you complimented somebody else for five minutes before. So what is the (laughs) name of your album? And then please tell us the story about it.
0: It's called Yellow Belt Confidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an album recorded at the uh, now defunct Great Scott. Uh, This was a fantastic night of live comedy recorded and captured. And I was planning on actually re- recording a visual element this year to go mm-hmm. with it. Um, but you know, COVID and everything is just not safe to do any live shows. Um, at least like if you have some health problems, like I do, Smart. I have, um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to die probably before 98.
1: So oh my know, God. I'm, I'm so not. stuck. Gary, that's so sad. Yeah. It's all right. It's my cross to bear. Oh, no. But, All right. Well, it's um, a heavy cross. More religious weak,
0: references. Weak, I
1: have weak ankles. Um, oh. <laughs> the... That's why you can't carry the cross.
0: I have a bad back. That's why I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worked with this company, DeadandMellow.com, which mm-hmm. started uh, by two guys, Matt and, um, uh, Matt and Alan. Uh, both very funny comedians, and they were going to put money into people's albums, artists that they believed in, unrepresented artists like myself that have to do everything themselves, mm-hmm. that rely on the faith of fans and friends and live shows. And uh, you know, COVID happened, so they can't do any live shows. So yeah. if you go to deadandmellow.com, you can support a young starting label that's certainly in the worst time of any new business to start. And uh, you could see Rob Crean's album, uh, my album. Alan Richardson has albums. Um, we're hopefully going to do some sketch comedy recordings in the spring uh, with friends. Maybe you could do a little, little sketch. I would love to. I'll be around. Nice. Uh, everybody is, of course. Anybody that says they're not <laughs> is either a doctor or
1: yeah. a, Or like a liar. <laughs> or just a mean, like, I can't do it. Sorry, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next. It's just say you'll do it and then make an excuse. <laughs> you know, like, Sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of exactly. fucking prick? Uh, that's great. You are like le- legitimately one of my favorite. Like you're one of my favorites. You're so fucking funny. Um, you too. One yeah. of thank you. But I don't have an album coming out. Um, I already did <laughs> the two that I'm gonna do for my career. Now I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, when you are yeah,
0: perfect, you don't need to do it again. Yes, know?
1: thank you. Thank you. I think uh, enough is enough is what they said, so I am done with it. But yeah, man, like the last time I saw you was at that show I run in uh, on Sundays um, when you know shows were being run, and you—I hadn't seen you in forever. You were even fucking funnier than I remembered you. Like you're you're great. So I can't I can't wait to listen to it, and um, I'll plug it again. We'll plug it again. But here is uh, we're gonna go into the first take section of this podcast, and it is the leisure section.
0: Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blah,
1: And a song just played. Welcome to the leisure section. Now, uh, I'm on the East Coast right now, and I, I just between, we'll talk about like LA versus other cities, you know, in a different context, I think later in the show, and that is a tease. But... Um just for those of you who aren't industry insiders that was a tease. Um however for this section uh cuz I'm back in Philly and the way people eat here is obviously so different from LA but I don't know what the right way to eat breakfast is. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about where I've personally gone with like smoothies in the morning but then I'm hungry and then I eat like a pre-lunch. You know, I have another meal. So I'm like, okay, smoothies are healthy, but I'm still eating more. You know what I mean? And then I the other day, my girlfriend for dessert made like an apple crisp, like crumble thing, which is like a cake basically. And I ate that for breakfast and that was really good. But then I got tired. So, yeah. and then there's obviously waffles. So what do you do? What do you do for breakfast? Cause I'm fucking confused.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just, uh, I got off that keto diet, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, I started developing some sort of weird skin rash.
1: Oh, my. And I'm sorry. I... And this was the diet uh, made up by the guy that OJ killed? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm sorry. You. <laughs> the keto k diet. The keto.
0: I heard, I heard a diet. It was going like that.
1: Um, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. You no, just got off the keto. It's diet. beautiful.
0: Uh, no, it was like the, the the diet was working for me in terms of like losing weight because you don't eat much sugar or grains um, and you eat a lot of good fats mm-hmm. and uh, minimal amount of protein and then a little bit of like green carbohydrates. Um And I would have, like, you're doing, like, a smoothie in the morning. And I really, like, sort of, like, a fatty smoothie with, like, avocados, low-sugar berries, um, usually, like, uh, a nut, a nut, (laughs) Um, some sort of, like, almond, unsweetened almond milk or coconut milk, and then, um, like, peanut butter, like, really, you know, like, so fruits and veggies with a little bit of peanut butter. And it it just tasted good. I just got used to it. And, And then I wouldn't have to eat till like, dinner. Cause I was Whoa. like, full. Um, cause it was fat as opposed to, um, you know, sugary bunch of berries, you know, you crash, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I then like, I was so itchy for months and then I, I, I ate some fries and felt better because <laughs> carbs are necessary for a diet. So I, I think with my morning breakfast routines lately, I've been varying between uh, a little bit of fruit. I'm doing like apples mm-hmm. immediately. Like I'll grab an apple just so I get like, I, l- I always just love fresh fruit right away. Yeah. Um, which you can't do on keto. There's just too much sugar and shit. Um, and then I will like maybe have like a bagel or some sort of grainy with right. protein. Uh, and coffee. You got to have a huge cold brew, add yes. shot, almond milk. And that's, that's kind of the standard operating breakfast procedure. Um, once a week, I'll, I'll try to go get like a big giant breakfast, you know, like yeah. hash, bacon on the side, one pancake, and just fucking, you know, just live, man.
1: You got to live. See, that's actually, I feel like I do think that you need, but this is, I have, I could not know less about nutrition or anything. And it is one of those things where I'm like, of all the stupid shit that i think about and read about you know like this is a thing i don't need to know like every single player who won the defensive player of the year in the 90s like i don't need to know that like i Nineteen ninety nine. 99. uh 99 that was a year before the lakers won the championship it was all right kobe 99 Fuck. was was it matumbo I'll, I'll
0: check maybe. it maybe i don't it. think
1: it was it might have been a guard but um <laughs> so (laughs) but that time could be like hey what is what gives you energy you know and um because i go one way or the other i either like oh okay so i don't get hungry i'll eat a lot for breakfast but then i won't work out because i'm too full you know (laughs) and then it's like oh i'll have a smoothie but then i won't work out because i'm too hungry (laughs) so it's you know I, i i used to do this thing i had this I would have a smooth – I would go to a restaurant and be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Because I eat big dinners usually and like – or if I was going to like drink – like, you know, have drinks and stuff. I'd be like, all right, so breakfast and lunch I'm going to have very small. So I would go out to breakfast with people and I would get like a parfait – and an order of bacon and this was in my late 20s like it which it was such a bummer to be around because people will be like oh did you like already eat and i'm like no no this is going to be and it was rude to be completely honest it was being a bad friend and No, no you get what you want i agree i agree that's what it should be what is so how about Sometimes I'll have leftovers in the fridge from the previous night. Mm-hmm. And this, I generally keep this as a weekend thing where, like, on a Saturday or Sunday, I'll do this where, you know, if like we made great, uh, great I almost called it great ZD, baked ZD, because <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there. If we had great baked ZD the previous night, I'll eat that in the morning because I'm so excited to eat it. I can't wait, you know? Um, what is the most ridiculous breakfast? Like you talked about your big breakfast, like during your worst eating periods. Like what would be the worst breakfast? Because by the way, you look you look terrific, and whatever oh. you're doing is working. Thank you. Yeah, no um, rash. Just practicing. no rash, Peterson.
0: <laughs> Why is that always my nickname?
1: I don't know, man. You keep not you, your skin keeps not being blemished. I I've
0: probably the worst breakfast. When I was in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. just because Dunkin' Donuts is so omnipresent. It's everywhere. And it was so convenient and so, I mean, quality, say what you want, whether you liked it or not. It was just there. So Mm -hmm. it became part of almost a routine, less about the taste. And I would just go to Dunkin' Donuts every morning, every single morning. And it would be like, you know, uh, medium light iced cream sugar uh, bagel or sausage egg no cheese on a croissant no cheese no i'm not a cheese guy for uh-uh. for, the, for like american cheese no thanks but other cheeses are cool okay. i'm very picky
1: yeah but you're I, the I, opposite of like a like a nationalistic cheese eater like you'll <laughs> have you know a humboldt fog <laughs> whatever burger yeah. any sort of International Double cheeses,
0: or, right? Vermont, no. Abs- mm. no mm. domestic cheeses. No, no, no. Um, and we really do cheese poorly in America. Just so everybody knows, Yes. Yeah. Get foreign cheese, and then you're like, "Oh, this is real."
1: Uh, oh shit.
0: Like, same thing with Dunkin' Donuts and like coffee and stuff. Is like nothing against it. I was used to it, and I had it all the time. One day, I just was like, "I don't. This doesn't taste right. It right. tastes synthetic." In the coffee, that the bagel is like super chewy. Yeah, everything's churned out in a factory. And then I went to like, I started going to those snobby coffee shops and paying a lot more money. But I was like, I don't need twenty cups now. I don't need a gallon iced Mm -hmm. thing, uh, and and their shitty bagel. And I, I just like, oh, if I spend a little bit of like more money on these smaller businesses and get better quality, then it's worth it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And and also the ritual of it too is um cuz I feel like breakfast is almost as ritualistic, you know, the ritual of waking up as yeah. well where, you know, say cuz when I lived in Boston, I would go to Dunkin Donuts almost every day too, and there was something like, okay, purple and orange the sun is coming up, you know, like mm-hmm. just you're in a very like the lights are turned all the way up and you have time to kind of wake up in that line. And then you get the first interaction of the day where it's like you're you're open, Mike, for the rest of your day communicating with people. But it's just an order, you know, yeah. so you only have to do a minute and uh, it's very and then you're just up, you know, and then you obviously have the caffeine and stuff. Uh, the weirdest breakfast I ever had was there's this place in West Hollywood, or is it West? It might just be regular Hollywood. I'm not sure, but it was called The Griddle, um, and they, it's a waffle place. And I got this waffle where it was – fuck me. It was like a pumpkin spice waffle, but it was the size of, you know, like the table basically, and it had – caramel and chocolate chips it was just a fried cake and I left that place thinking I had cancer like it was the craziest feeling in the world because you just can't do that you know and that's why dessert's great because you just go to bed and then I mean that's also why it's terrible but you pass out you go to sleep and you don't have to be awake for the carnage but when you have something like that in the morning it's I I was shell-shocked leaving that place just the sugar it was crazy
0: Sugar, that's the one thing that the takeaway from keto was that how, how terrible sugar feels in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, because I found like keto friendly desserts made with uh, typically like monk fruit, not stevia that sucks, but monk fruit mm-hmm. is really delicious and a good, like as close as a substitute for sugar, but because it technically has what they call a low glycemic index, uh-huh. there's no blood sugar spike. So I I made like a strawberry cream pie, no bake with almond crust, super easy. Oh my God. And and then I ate it and I I was like, I don't feel like laying down. I don't feel like shitty. I don't feel sluggish. I'm not farting all the time. (laughs) And I put whipped whipped cream with the monk fruit like made at home and uh, it tasted the same. It's one of those cliches of diet was like, it tastes the same and it doesn't, but I would give it to people and I was like, what do you think? And they're like, this is good. This yeah. is really good. So I think just el- like eliminating certain things within the recipe can give you the same enjoyment and you can actually savor like a pancake if it's made with like coconut flour and almond flour mm-hmm. and chocolate chips and you know uh, hopefully very little sugar. And I think everything I know I'm gonna have for lunch, which is pancakes.
1: <laughs> you should. Well that's why we call you flap Jack Peterson. And <laughs> next, Jack was Jack Peterson that sounds like someone, like a novelist, maybe. Who the hell knows? That's, this is the part of the podcast where I, I don't even know what genre or if this person is real, so I start guessing across every single genre, and it's, it's not good audio. So I'm going to move us to the next <laughs> to the next section. Oh, this is going to be an easy transition. Politics. It's actually not a bad transition. Politics.
0: Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake. Blake.
1: I, uh, I wanted to bring this up because like you're one of those comics that like I like where you know I think we have like the same politics you know oh. like we, you know we don't want to we'll vote for Trump again but uh, <laughs> we
0: <laughs> I mean he's doing a great job I can't think of yeah. 11 or 12 constitutional <laughs> violations off the top of my head.
1: No, no, just just <laughs> 10 right <laughs> off the top of your head. Um, but uh, full amendments, every single, you know, section article. But um, I so not even po- like so politics is like a kind of a broad term to discuss this. But, yeah. you know, I wanted to kind of talk about L.A. As you know, we, we use the term bubble a lot and I don't want to be too vague with this shit. I think just I kind of want this conversation to be us kind of talking about our experiences doing stand up in L.A. versus other places. And when I say L.A. is a bubble, which that's that's my take on it, I don't necessarily mean that they're wrong. You know, I just think it's an important thing to acknowledge that not not everything that works with L.A. works other places and for better or for worse, you know, because sometimes yeah. like there are so many things about L.A. where I'm like, God, why don't people like are why aren't they this progressive? And then obviously there's things where like it's like, oh, maybe take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit on on that one. So um, yeah. when did you how many years ago did you move from L.A. or to L.A.? I'm sorry.
0: I think it was about four years ago uh, this December. So I'm kind of uh, I'm almost done with it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so you have a couple months left. (laughs) I'm
0: pretty sure. I'm not going to renew my lease in terms of uh, energy spent here anymore. Yeah, is that true? I might move. I'm honestly looking at uh, Canada, some sort of um, uh, post-graduate education in Canada because it's one-eighth of the cost of American education. It's just as good, and there's universal health care. So, yeah. Yeah um i i think the uh and and it's a country that's actually uh handling covid responsibly
1: right um but that's all the, we ask <laughs> is to be resp- all responsible if responsibility doesn't work out fine just start with that start yeah. with responsible and yeah it seems to be working for other countries but not ours but i'm sorry yeah
0: it's unacceptable what's going on right now with i mean we're in a very it's seemingly liberal place in los angeles um that because of reputation traditional voting however you know there's a lot of millionaires here billionaires there's a lot of tech companies there's a lot of, you get outside la just t- 10 minutes and it's trump country mm-hmm. um same thing like in massachusetts i remember being outside even a lot in boston it was very very red feeling um conservative leaning which is you know it, there's really not that much difference between the two but right but in terms of like when you're entertaining those audiences and you have to deal with, um, you know, topic sensitivity that, that was a big thing where it was like, some people are like, don't even, don't you dare talk about yes. yourself.
1: And right.
0: I'm like, why not? It's a talk is to mention anything is the truth. And it's maybe a representation of the truth through your act, but dealing in LA, I think the audience is where you're talking about where they're, looking at what you're doing in a a way that's like can we monetize this? I should be up there. Um mm-hmm. can I sell this person? How can I get with this person in terms of uh using my career? It's a town that's built on networking and business, which is super hard to see an audience like I and mean, it's not every audience but like those audiences that you're they're watching you like they they're not listening, they're watching.
1: Right, right.
0: And I'm like so I feel like that happens a lot here.
1: Um, I agree. And I think you alluded to something really, you know, uh, I almost said prescient, but then I uh, realized I'm not, I'm only 60% sure that I'm using that word correctly. So uh, (laughs) that I thought was uh, very important to bring up is that it's words where, you know, for a city that I I love living in LA, but as a city that prides itself as being very progressive, there's... I think when they hear certain words, then they don't hear the rest of it. You know what yes. I mean? Where if you use um, like a tr- like a trigger word, like uh, you know, I think guys, I think guys are great, you know, or like I think white guys are great. Like that could be a setup to an incredibly funny, you know, joke that actually turns that premise on its head, you know. But they won't they won't listen to the rest of it because that's scary and like i get it like there is a lot of shit you know like i i there have been you know those 90s like hbo half hours where it's like jesus fucking christ like is this what all comics are like (laughs) you know because they're they were all you know very homogenous back then but i don't know i think there are certain words that especially in la that uh you just don't get a chance to like they just won't hear the rest of it like there's this great comic um Augie Smith, who, do you know oh, Augie? Yes, I and do. He looks like the enemy. You know, like he looks <laughs> like a guy, like, you know, he's. Like, you know, like shaved head, you know, like white guy, like loud. And that can be scary to liberal audiences because that's what fucking the bad guy looks like, you know, Yes. but he has the same opinions as they do. So he'll start doing, he has this incredible joke where he's being the old guy who like yells about things. And he's the, what he's saying is it's purely ironic and he's actually, it's perfect social commentary, but. I've seen it and it it murders, it murders, but in front of an audience, I've seen some, you know, like super hip audiences at first being like, Oh God, is this, is he just being the loud old guy that we hate? You know, like, is that what this is? But it's actually this brilliant, um, that he's incredible, but yeah, it is. That's the problem in LA. But then in Boston, like you said, you know, it is, I think it's good for you to constantly be reminded that there are other people. You know, yes. like it's not just that. I well. went to
0: your your hometown. You were from Philly, yes, where you, sort of, you started there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're outside Philly, where you grew up suburbs, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same
0: same thing. Like I grew up in the suburbs, of Massachusetts, and and then moved into Boston, Cambridge, and all that stuff. But like going to Philly and um, going on the road, like a couple of years ago, it was nice to be reminded of audiences that had. You know, jobs that weren't in entertainment—they mm-hmm. were normal, everyday people. They—they um, they were appreciative because um, I think it was supply and demand. There was less entertainment in their city, therefore they like even in the back corner of a bar that went to like two a.m. People were still like holding on and listening. Yeah, um, where in L.A. it's it, it it I think can be a little oversaturated, and people can hear a word or see a thing. I just recently got caught up in something do you want to hear a little controversial yeah, of course uh so rob Crean, who's my bud and mm-hmm. uh, a brother to me decided to make these really stupid promo pictures for my album um so he took um 13 pictures of me and lined them up and said these are the 13 men who plan to kidnap the governor <laughs> Of,
1: Wisconsin. of Michigan? No, we're not, we're
0: not, we're <laughs> Michigan. And <they're, laughs> the pictures of me are not far off looking than the actual <laughs> terrorist group that planned this crazy plot.
1: Oh, my God.
0: The what? joke is that I happen to look like a crazy white insane man.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So some most people got the joke, and they really mm-hmm. liked it. And then this uh, group of a handful of people started going, that's fucked up. Why are you supporting terrorists? Why are you doing this? And then they started saying, I don't care who your ugly friend is. This isn't okay, Rob. And I was like, why am I ugly? Jesus, that doesn't have to be a part of the conversation. (laughs) Exactly. And and it just made me not want to double down, but made me be like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, I'm sorry that you're sensitive to this idea, but the 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 angle of the joke is towards me and not being like, isn't it great that they were going to kidnap a fucking lady and kill her because right. she's democratic? Like, no, it's it's we'll that thing. Look at my beard. Yeah, look how. Yeah look how much of a uh, domestic terrorist I look like.
1: Right. That's, that's such a funny, that's first of all, that's so funny that Rob did that. (laughs) Second of all, that is a really good point where I think sometimes, you know, the I I don't actually, I don't want to make a generalization. I just think that people need to pay attention to who the joke is about and who it's like making fun of, you know, because sometimes you can use, you know, words or bring in, you know, people who generally you would be like, if you, if the joke was about them, you'd be punching down and that would be terrible, but see where they're punching. Now, if they're punching down, obviously be like, fuck them, you know, but um yeah, I think with those, those sorts of things, you were the target of the joke, not yeah. the governor of Michigan.
0: And even if you're punching down, really listen to the bigger message. Like there's a great joke. It's like an absurd perfect joke that mm-hmm. Dana Gould has where he talks about, gun ownership and he's like you know i live in a a scary city and some people i'm very liberal and some people don't support people owning guns but for me i i feel like i need to have a gun because one day i might have to kill my whole family (laughs) is he is he like pro killing families no is that punchline completely the opposite of what he thinks? Right. Yes.
1: It's silly. It's just plainly silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Sarca- like, yeah.
0: Sarcasm can be misconstrued all the time.
1: Right. Um, I totally agree. And then also, you know, and I like, I'm not just doing this balance for balance sake. Like I do, uh-huh. there are audiences in LA that are the best audiences you can possibly perform at in front of, you know, like there. Do you
0: know where I can find <laughs>
1: <laughs> no your show no it's on zoom are yeah, <laughs> right?
0: zoom crowds i swear to god yours is like in that back area it was outside it was picnic tables people were comfy and chill that was like i felt like a real group of people that was like we all like we we're all kind of similar in a way that was like this is a fun hang right As opposed to those places where you're raised up on a fucking 20 million dollar soundstage and you try to pump them up for your joke about whole foods like get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and that <laughs> i appreciate you saying that like you know i would say one out of 15 shows is just you fighting with a motorcycle gang and them winning <laughs> you know like them yelling at you the entire time and just like you can't there's just no winning and you wasted everybody's time but mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the time, it's a cool mix where, you know, like entertainment there. I think sometimes I forget that there's an L.A. outside of entertainment L.A., you know, where yeah. that show is. And it's in Glassell Park where, I, you know, it, there are like there's like a sprinkling of, you know, and you know Mm -hmm. like people who want to be actors or like producer writers and stuff so there are people like that there which is great but then it's also working class like Latino teachers and you know like people who work you know and have regular jobs where they still they know what they're just gonna laugh because it's good you -hmm. know like they don't care if you're famous they don't know who's famous they don't give a shit they just want to have a good time you know so and that's a place i think is the perfect mix where it's a crowd you could make a reference to the west wing and then they would they could laugh at that or you could just talk about you know growing up and working like in the mail room at some you know like or like at some company that you hated you know like they can relate to that too
0: i would drive to orange county (laughs) purposely in uh pre-COVID times to do those shows because it was more um you know as i said like more everyday people mm-hmm. um and orange county typically identifies politically completely opposite of me like there's right. a lot of uh, conservatives a lot of republicans and I'm, I'm not like a total democrat my whole philosophy politically is i think this person might do a better job so i'm right. gonna vote this way it just happens to be the the, the president's options that i've had presented in front of me uh, mm-hmm. uh in the last few years have happened to be democrats um do i think they're a greater party i really know i <laughs> i think philosophically it's very a lot of flaws um but it's like i don't know i'm you don't have to uh, i think it was michael chay or something was talking about you don't have to have people don't have to agree with you to laugh with you
1: mm-hmm yeah so, yeah
0: it's just like, yeah, I, I could give a shit about it. I don't want to argue with anyone about politics. I was in political
1: education for a few years and no thanks. No, no, you moved on from that for, I would imagine, for a few reasons. But yes, yeah. You know what? Now I'm thinking, it's funny, I'm realizing this in real time. I think the issue isn't with LA, it's actually with the, the non diverse part of LA, is the part that's screaming, you know, about. issues where if you get in front of a like a diverse crowd is what you want you know so you want like and you want a diverse show as well like you want like uh you know like a latino comic black comic white comic gay comic you know like asian comic like you want all these comics because it's more interesting you know because you get to hear these different competing opinions on stuff and just because there's competing opinions doesn't mean that you have to Agree with all of them. Like, you can still keep your opinion. You know what I mean? And
0: it doesn't mean just because of the lineup being diverse that you aren't on that lineup. It doesn't mean that it's anything personal. It's like Mm -hmm. that this person took your job. It's like, no, it's for the show. Yeah. 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 The benefit of it. Exactly. Um, But I've been told flat out I'm white, I'm a guy, I'm heterosexual, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm. they're like we kind of have already have that here right and i'm like well what about you know what i'm showing you which is my art my comedy and they're like you know it's fine (laughs) i'm like okay and i can't you can't take that personally you just can't it's just like okay you get a business to run i'm my own business i'll find another way to do what i do that's yeah. that's why why the album it's like
1: just make it yourself yeah yeah fuck it there's an audience for you clearly So like you create the show for them You know yeah. like you don't have to bring it to another Another show that may not have room for that Yeah I think that's a good point um, I want to move into I thought that was a beautiful conversation um, P- I call you Peter I like don't even know who you are I thought that was a great conversation Peter And now <laughs> we're going to move <laughs> into the next section Relationships oh shit
0: Blake is really funny Blake is really cool Blah 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 Blake Blake
1: So I wanted to talk about like dating, you know, comics, dating other comics or like who the right person is to date for a comedian, because it's funny with you. I'm actually having I know I have more comedy like topics with you, but it's because I actually appreciate your thoughts on things in general that I actually think it would be interesting to speak with you about comedy topics, which is, you know, (laughs) there's some comics where it's like, oh, so they do comedy and they can talk about comedy. And then if you bring up literally anything else, they just are like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like featuring. You're like, what? (laughs)
0: Having like, a baby is like feature. Yeah, you know, like an,
1: an infant's like a middle act. You know, they're always trying to get more. You know, they're always hungry. It's like, why? Are they, what are you fucking talking about? Can we talk yeah. about human beings? Just talk mm-hmm. about the infant. Um, but uh, I do. So it's funny because, like, I appreciate your thoughts on those things. I feel like I can talk about comedy things with you in, uh, in an interesting way. So, you know, I was thinking recently where uh, I, I don't even. I was trying to think of who the ideal partner is for a comic and i think it has to be someone who first and foremost probably flexible with the comic schedule because of how bad our schedules are you know for a relationship like shit happening at night so um who do you like what type of person like job wise like would be good to like date a comic so
0: that's a great question and thank you for the flattery always appreciate it uh the I think another type of artist not mm-hmm. necessarily has to be another comedian, but I think like somebody that is in maybe like a musician, um, somebody that's in some sort of art type lifestyle where they can understand, you know, gigs come along and you have to like work 75, mm-hmm. 80 hours a week on something, or you have to go away for three, four months Right. with that. Like, you know, we don't, there's no set schedule nine to five on it um is probably like ideal Mm -hmm. if i uh dated that person i've dated um comedians um uh very funny women uh uh, like uh i won't mention their names
1: No, yeah i was i was actually about to cut you off You're like you don't have to mention names gary (laughs) judy tenuta um of course (laughs) huge fan roseanne bar uh
0: (laughs) i i wish but i i think the the well, how is
1: that and- like scheduling wise? Cause you, you would have similar schedules. I would imagine that you b- would both be able to understand what each other is going through professionally, but scheduling wise, that was probably tough.
0: It was good because we could understand, Oh, like oh, the audience sucked tonight. Somebody threw a shoe at me. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, Oh fuck them. And you would like, you know, your heart will go out to them and you'd be cheering them on. And then other times it would be like, um, no escape from work if like mm-hmm, you're dating mm-hmm. a and they're doing all comedy stuff and um you know you can get a little competitive you know somebody does better on a show and then you you can both get petty about it uh um, right and it's like why we're fighting over comedy now yeah like really. yeah so i i think ideally ideally for a partner, some sort of artist, I think the maybe the worst type of person that you could date would be like somebody that has only done like a nine to five life. And it's like, why would you risk why are you on right. a weeknight? Why are you in a bar on why a Why are Tuesday? you drunk? <laughs> because I'm fun. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I, I it's it's gotta be somebody that can understand what creativity Uh, uh, creative lifestyle is because you have to balance you really do and it's a constant struggle for me
1: (laughs) yeah of course no i think that makes sense like yeah you can't for me i'm like i think you need a a, like a rich person who hates you is probably the best (laughs) person for a comedian to date um (laughs) because they need to cover the money of it and no i do think you know i at first i thought nurse you know cuz it's someone who's not in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. but then i realized nurses have insane schedules as well yeah, 12 you know? hour
0: days usually four yeah. days
1: a week sometimes like overnight you know like a night shift or a day shift you know where um that could be really tough i don't know it's i, I like can't even i've never dated another comic you know like i've dated other people in the entertainment in, like entertainment industry and you know there was one relationship where she was like I'm paid to look at things like, like to evaluate talent all the time, you know, like, and now she has to go to shows, which she would have to go to shows of like different, you know, entertainment anyway. And it's like, shit, this is like, I get it actually, you know, like where she's done work, which she does during the day. And now to hang out and support her boyfriend, she has to go to work again, you know, like that's tough. So it is, you know, an interesting thing where, Yeah, I guess like you can't just pick, and this isn't a fun take, but I do think, like you said, someone who understands or can try to understand and empathize with the ups and downs, and that there's no silver bullet or trajectory for anything. It's not like oh, you rise from assistant manager to manager to like you know uh vice president senior vice president like there's no trajectory like that and it doesn't take x amount of years it could be yeah so uh, i just got a video on youtube and now i'm famous you know and now i have deals or it's oh i've worked my ass off for 20 years and you know i'm still doing this thing until something else happens so it is I, honestly here's what it is it takes a fucking saint <laughs> is what <Yeah>. it is <laughs> It takes a literal state um somebody
0: somebody who understands, yeah,
1: someone who understands, uh let's go into the final section, which is which is sports ooh. All right, great. This is the last part. And then uh, here we go. All right, here it is, the sports section. And um, I don't know if this ever, you may have, you actually said this off here, that you were t- uh, off air, that uh, you were wearing your hat like a softball catcher. It is backwards, and you, <laughs> and it is a good look. Um, so, real quick, before we do this, would you mind plugging your album one more time, please? Certainly. Uh, yes. Uh,
0: Yellow Belt Confidence, available now on deadandmellow.com as well as Spotify, iTunes, and everything else. Check it out. It's my debut comedy album recorded live at Great Scott. And uh, if you buy it from deadmellow.com, you get to support a struggling startup label. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, blake,
1: blake. Love it. Beautifully succinct, succinct as a throw from shortstop to first base with no cutoff man. <laughs> See when I played shortstop I I needed a cutoff man. I <laughs> would throw to first base. I don't have
0: an arm. Like, that's, really? No, not at all. I I had double shoulder surgery when I was like 15, 16. Both
1: I, shoulders at the same time?
0: Yeah. I once upon a time I wanted I was not athletic, but I did want to be Mr. Olympia. Right. Um, naturally and so I started lifting weights and just fucked my body up oh god so a lot of sports that I would try after that were just it was miserable like I you know I throw a baseball and it it hurts oh
1: right oh Jesus I bet so well that's why I was talk- but you were still able to play softball and that's why I think like softballs the best because you could oh and that's the take I think softball's the best sport for like grown-ups who You know, because you can still try to get exercise out of it. You know, like it's one of those sports where I think if you play other sports as a grown up, if someone's trying too hard, they're a dickhead and they ruin everybody else's time. But unless you're sliding into people and hurting people, which, you know, that makes you a dickhead. But in softball, it's so individual where if you're trying hard in the outfield, it's like, all right, well, he's doing that. I can still sit here. You know, that's not affecting me at all, which I think is great. Or you can... I remember I played Boston Comedy Softball once. Once. I only did it once because, like, I think I just couldn't do... Whenever they were playing, I think I had class or something. Um, But, uh, like, college. I was in college. Not Like, I, I, uh, you know, became very polite. Um, No, I had class. (laughs) And... (laughs) It you were,
0: was. you were working that top hat. I
1: really was. Yeah, I, I couldn't fit an adjustable ball cap over my top hat. <laughs> <laughs> was the issue, so. But I remember playing it. It was such a rite of. I was like, in a second, I want to hear you know how like what the Boston comedy softball t- scene was. Where it was a cool scene where all these you know like some Boston legends played in it. You know mm-hmm. all these great funny people, and it seemed like the coolest social thing. And I remember uh, someone texting me, like I think John O'Zalay or whatever, was like, hey, you know, we are just playing for fun down in Southie. You want to come hang? And it was the most fun. I remember showing up and there was this 50 year old guy at shortstop just with a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand. And his glove was just on the ground, <laughs> you know, like while we were playing, while live balls were flying around. I was like, this is great. So you, you played, David. Yes. Alvin Dale. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that man's name was alvin david
0: yeah i i started doing that's a good way to like network and meet people Yeah. like just because it i didn't know anybody and i wanted to be accepted so if you could hit or you could throw or catch and all i could do is sort of hit um uh, like and you were friendly enough and showed up and like mm-hmm. hey I brought beers with people and like you start getting remembered by comics and you it was actually like how you got shows in, in all honesty if people were like he's a fucking good shortstop I'm gonna book him for a New Hampshire run like, <laughs> you would make money off it and they started the league and it was not fun uh, I remember like you said like people taking it too seriously I mm-hmm. think Danny Gill on my team uh, was thrown out at the first at bat uh, by Ed Regal over a <laughs> disputing a pitch as a strike. And I was like, come on, people. Right, right. And I, I it was all felt to me, uh, there was way more um, sad, annoying memories than good
1: memories with oh, it. Oh, funny, right. Well, because they are still comics. You know, yeah. Like that doesn't go away
0: so it was miserable play dangerous kids some like balls flying everywhere uh the giggles crew was the old school crew of like tony v frank sanarelli lenny clark mike clark um salvatano Artie januaryo um all those like you know people that have they're the older older comics who have been around forever There's are like ken rogerson and you'd love to talk to them and stuff but they were competitive and crazy right. uh i i i remember though it was all worth it for um my team was okay it was motley's comedy club softball mm-hmm. team which had a great like cloth v-neck jersey which it, was super. it green and black it was a, a royal bl- like dark blue oh, so maybe no. blue and yellow yeah. mm-hmm. uh and it just like looked old school and and it was a tie game uh I think there was a, I think Bulger was maybe on second and I hit the winning run in the last at bat. And it was just a single and it was, everyone surrounded me at first base and patted me. And I've like, I never felt joy in sports at all before, since that moment when people were, there's nothing better than like a little softball and any idiot. I'm not very good. Any idiot can hit that ball for the most part, (laughs) and it just made you feel, like like you're saying, softball way better than baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not as dangerous, you know, and also to what you just said, I I don't think it matters what level of sport you're playing. You could have done that in the World Series or whatever. I can't, the the feeling of happiness isn't going to be that much more. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, like outside of like monetary things and that sort of shit, just from a f- pure being praised by people. Like what's better than that? You know, like for yeah. for a thing which granted, like you said, yeah, you swung in it, you made contact and it worked. You were in the right position. Bulger st- scored, you know, but uh, it is like a really funny thing where God, just that f- you'll never forget that. Like that's like yeah. fun as shit. You just brought it up. I, I <laughs> you know, forgot later. <laughs>
0: I'd forgotten about it until right now. And I was like, man, I had a good
1: life, right? I, yeah, I think I think that's fine. I think that's perfect. Um, I, I think,
0: yeah, go ahead. I did get quite a few injuries. Of course. Yeah, that's the issue too. But my favorite injury and why I started wearing a mask uh, at home plate, because mm-hmm. it's lob softball. Um, a, ball flew, a ball hit the plate, flew back, and then uh, went into my nose, and it started bleeding. It didn't oh, break no. it but it definitely fucked it up and I, I went like, I moved it and heard a click. So I think I reset it myself, <laughs>
1: but you're a doctor.
0: I'm, I'm uh, partly a nurse and uh, <laughs> I took one first aid class and this, uh, I just, I had a fun moment cause I was bleeding profusely out of my face. I think it was maybe like a championship game right. um, that my team would go on to lose Uh, Dave Russo would run through my ribs. But um, neither here nor there.
1: I Well, it was literally there.
0: It was all over (laughs) and bloody. And I had, I think, some, uh, I had blood. And and Tom Dustin, who's hilarious, came Mm -hmm. over. And um, he's always funny. He's a guy who's just like a comedian
1: always. It's crazy. I
0: I woke him up once at like 5 a.m. for like a road trip we had to go on. And he, first thing he said was, I need to get more political. (laughs) <laughs> and like, it was, it killed me. It's still what makes me laugh. And, and he's a super Boston guy from Everett. And he comes over and he's like, Peterson, Peterson, what's, what's on your face? You all right? Your face, you are okay? You're you going to be all right? Like he showed a little concern, which is nice. And I had a line just for him. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? The dance is tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> he laughed. Oh and it was just like, oh, my God it made me feel like even the bad times were kind of good. Cause it's like, Hey, I got a line. Up. I got a laugh yeah. out of it.
1: That's, uh, <laughs> oh, that's such a good line. That's a hall of fame line. Well, oh, the <laughs> dance is tough. it's so good. It's so silly. Um, my, <laughs> uh, favorite Tom Dustin line. And like, yeah, you know, I, I had done shows with him. Like, you know, I don't think he would remember who I am, but he, um, he had the best heckler line I've ever heard in my entire life where he was on stage at, uh, uh, the, what was the, oh, shit, the bar in Somerville. It's where, like, the open mic was on Mondays. Sally O'Brien's. Sally O'Brien's, yeah. And he, it's a legendary room. I'm, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. But he was on stage, and there was this guy, like, just heckling him in the front row. And the guy, like, had a, uh, had a lazy eye and who was heckling <laughs> Tom Dusted. And which, already, you're fucked. And, you know, Tom Dustin was like, hey, shut up. Shut the fuck up. And then the guy was like, the audience member goes, I can't hear you. You know, like, just like that lame line goes, I can't hear you. And then Tom Dustin goes, what do you hear out of that fucking eye? <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was, de- it was devastating. I, I've never heard anything about because the guy by the way was being an asshole the audience member was being a huge fucking asshole that's why the laugh was so big what do you hear out of that fucking eye was like i don't know i don't know how you can just go on and live a normal life after no. that after that line it was so fucking funny um can i can i give you a Tom
0: dust and greatest hit please please uh here are the beats we're in Jamaica Plain. This is right mm-hmm. before we go on a road uh, uh, to, to Toronto to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Festival, which Tom would win, uh, uh, and then they banned Americans from yes. it because the, <laughs> the money wasn't supposed to leave the country. So Tom and I are figuring out if we can stand each other right. on just a night hangout from Sally's to uh, uh, we go to the Green Dragon, and then we, we hook over to Jamaica Plain at the mm-hmm. Alchemist, which is a mixed mic. And it's rough. There's a, a a bunch of musicians. People are talking loudly. Um, and uh, there's three people right in front of the stage that are really shitty, like really mean. And Tom Tom goes to me and he's like, "Get get my fucking coat. Get my coat. Get my fucking coat. And be ready. Be ready for what happens." And I was like, "What What are you gonna do?" He goes, "Just be by the back door. Get by the back door." And I was, like, "What are you gonna do? If you start a fight, I'm not gonna help you." Right. He's like you're right. You're right. I shouldn't start a fight. And then, you know, It's three of them, two of us, you know, but in case I do, be near the back door. And then he goes <laughs> up on stage and he had said like, I'm not going to say anything. And he waited maybe eight seconds before he goes after it was a, a, a large black guy, uh, sort of a chubby white lady. And then this dude with like a fedora. Right. And the black guy was the the, the meanest one of the three. And he goes at him and he goes, Hey, hey, you look like Dr. Dre's dead, less talented brother. Shut up. <laughs> guy loved it. And he was like, he was like, gave him props. Like, he he's like, okay, yeah, you're funny. And then he went and he goes, it makes sense that the fat white girls with the black guy. Okay. And he goes to this third guy who's got, he's like a hipster douche with, with like a fedora, a, a crappy fedora. And he goes, are you wearing a black hat? So it makes your nose look slimmer. And- <laughs> This guy threw a Paps Blue Ribbon, and it smacked Tom in the neck, and it flew back. And the guy goes, fuck you, outside. And the guy gets up and goes outside. Tom goes, I'm not fucking going outside. It's a $2 beer. I don't give a fuck. I'll buy another one, and I'll throw it at him. He does this set. He crushes, destroys. Right. And he comes to me, he goes, you got my jacket, that weird guy. And somebody, like owner comes over and goes, you're so funny. I'm sorry that asshole threw something at you. You don't have to worry about him. And we're like, oh, would you throw him out? They go, no, uh, when he went outside, uh, we took care of him. They (laughs) beat the shit out of this guy (laughs) because Tom was so funny. And he was like, (laughs) he did that like stuttered laugh of evil that he has. And he's like, that's fucking awesome.
1: amazing he was so funny he got a guy beaten within an inch of his life yes and (laughs) the guy deserved it i agree that's fucking great we can't i can't top that for sure gary will you one more time uh yellow belt what was it
0: yellow belt confidence available on dead and slash store my name is gary peterson blake wexler you're doing a fantastic job and you're uh one of my favorite people of all time i feel like even though we're from two very weird East Coast cities mm-hmm. uh, uh, adjacent. We have like a, a, a brother, a brotherly love I, that's, that's kindred. You. And uh, I, I, I want to f- formally apologize for calling Gritty patient zero of COVID-19.
1: <laughs> I, I want to apologize for you being right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're correct. He did he did it. He did the whole goddamn thing. He's
0: such a creepy face.
1: I love him. That's why his eyes got that way. And that's from Fauci. Um <laughs> you're, you're the best dude. Thank you again.
0: Blake! Blake Wessler! Blake Blake, 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 Blake Wessler, Blake, Blake, Blake,